Welcome to GivePod, Greater Vancouver's business podcast, unpacking the challenges and opportunities facing our region. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. We're continuing our series on regional leadership today with Port Coquitlam Mayor Brad West. Mayor West, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. So let's start with a little of a a look back, maybe. You became involved in politics as a city councillor in your mid-20s, and then you became the youngest mayor in Port Coquitlam history in 2018. Some may say, why on earth would you choose a path like that at such a young age? But Tell me, you know, what what was the interest in in public office? Yeah, um, you know, sometimes I ask myself that question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It seemed like such a good idea at the time. You know, no, it's been incredibly rewarding. And for me, I really saw serving an elected office as an extension of community involvement. I know, you know, uh, often, you know, Politics, politicians uh, being elected served sort of de- gets degraded as uh, you know maybe not the most noble of professions anymore. But uh, the way I was raised, my family was very involved in the community in Port Coquitlam. Uh, lived in Port Coquitlam my entire life, and family been here for a long time. And we we're involved in uh, a number of different community groups and minor sports, hockey, and lacrosse, and baseball, and and, you know, serving your community in elected office was always something that was talked about as sort of a, an, an extension of that work of being involved in, in the life of the community. It's another way to, to serve people, to be involved. Uh, and so, you know, that was sort of the way in which I was raised. And those conversations kind of were all around me growing up. We knew a number of city councillors as well, like, you know, because mm-hmm. these are not people who, you know, you elect and never see. They're people who, uh, you know, coach the hockey team. Uh, you know, uh, my, my sister was involved in Girl Guides and, you know, one of the city councillors was uh, a leader in, in Girl Guides in, in Port Coquitlam. So uh, I came to know a lot of city councillors, not as people who, you know, um, are on a pedestal, but where people are just like us. Uh, and so it, it always was something that interested me. And then uh, in 2008, when I was first elected as a city councillor, that election in Port Coquitlam saw a number of incumbents uh, not seek re-election. And I was 23 at the time, and I thought it was a great opportunity to put my name forward and to see someone who was a bit younger, uh, or maybe a lot younger, uh, <laughs> yes. come on to council because council you know, had, had largely been uh, folks who were retired. And and I thought that it was important to have a, another perspective on the council. And so uh, I ran and, you know, probably knocked on just about every door in this city and, and was elected. So one of the other things that I think makes you stand apart as mayor is how vocal you are on really a breadth of issues, whether we're talking about housing, whether we're talking about some of the protests that we've seen over the pandemic, you know, and even you have you have on occasion spoken out on decisions that other municipalities have have taken. Why are you so vocal? Uh, What prompts you to speak out where other mayors maybe choose not to? Uh, probably a little bit is just in my DNA. 
to be honest. And, and, you know, I've never shied away um, from sharing my opinion. And, you know, and I respect that some people will agree with it and some people will disagree with it. And that's what makes our our democracy work is people having different opinions. Um, I have a bit of a dim view of the the state of politics generally. It it seems to have become very, uh, very scripted, uh, very robotic almost. And, you know, obviously being uh, an elected official and getting to interact with a lot of elected officials, you know, I often hear them share with me their private views on things. Well, I, you know, I don't think that's right or, you know, they should be doing this. And I often wonder, you know, but why won't you say anything, um, you know, particularly on really critical issues that are impacting the quality of life of your residents. And, you know, this is where the like the game of politics gets played. Why and- do you think that is, Mayor? Uh- because I would tend to agree that, you know, a lot of what we see in media and social media is really tamped down. Um, why do you think there's a hesitation for people in public office to to be more candid? Well, I, I think that the hesitation comes from not wanting to upset the apple cart, um, you know, uh, particularly when other levels of government um, have some of the purse strings at their disposal. You know, it, it may be a little bit of an unwritten rule that, uh, you know, you, you might, um, you, you might get on a, on a list that you don't want to be on if you are too critical and, and maybe that will impact you in, in some way. I, but, you know, more to the point, I think that there's just a real kind of, uh, go along to get along, uh, attitude in, in the politics and, you know, um, and that seems to take precedence over, being more vocal uh, or being, you know, more authentic in, in, in terms of your actual views, then, uh, then I think it should. So, um, you know, it, it's hard to get every elected official on, on the couch and, and play, you know, psychoanalyst and mm-hmm. figure out, you know, why it is the way it is. But I just think that in, in general, the political culture that we have really prioritizes, you know, um, being a, a good little soldier um, and kind of doing what you're told and, and not going and um, shaking things up too much. And, and that's, you know, for me, that's just not the way I'm built. Um, and, uh, you know, so again, it's, there's pluses and minuses with that, but, you know, this is who I am and I, I can't pretend to be someone I'm not. Well, the other piece of serving in public office, politics is one piece of that, but policy is another, and it is quite different from politics. So when you look at those policy decisions and some of the issues that, you know, your region, uh, your municipality is really grappling with, we've been speaking to some other local mayors, and we've been talking about housing and transportation and reconciliation, the cost of doing business. What would you say are some of the biggest issues facing Port Coquitlam right now? I think the the biggest issue for our residents um, without question right now is the the cost of living. And, and, you know, that is not, you know, a specific municipal issue per se. uh, But if you were to ask anyone on the street, you know, what is it that they think about? What are they struggling with? You know, what keeps them up at night? it's going to be the cost of living. Um, and, and I can relate because it's the, the thing that 
my wife and I talk about all the time. You're, uh, you have a young family, so we, you're dealing with the same affordability issues as many others. For sure. Like, you know, and I think that maybe that's one thing that does set me apart a little bit. And this is no slight on my colleagues. It's just the reality of being at a different stage in, in, in life. I don't have to ask someone about, hey, what's, you know, what's the real challenge right now? Because I'm experiencing it myself. Childcare is exceedingly expensive. Uh, we have a five-year-old and we have a 10-month-old. My wife is on the mat leave right now. We're currently, you know, having a conversation and doing the calculation about like, does it make sense for her to go back to work? You know, what will she earn if she goes back to work uh, versus how much will it cost us to find full-time daycare for, you know, at, at that point, it will be our, our one-year-old son. Uh, and, you know, does it make sense for us as a family? You know, those are the types of conversations people are having all over the place. Uh, and so that cost of living is a real challenge. And, you know, and it, it uh, reveals itself in, in so many different ways, housing, childcare, um, you know, the cost of doing business. I mean, I talked to our small uh, uh, local businesses in Port Coquitlam and, you know, the challenges that they're facing as well. So um, to me, like at, in this moment, that is the the number one concern that's on people's mind. So what is your approach and your council's approach to some of these really vexing problems like housing and the cost of doing business for particularly small and medium businesses? Yeah. So my general philosophy is that we have to do everything that we can, recognizing that we ourselves will not be able to solve all of these really, you know, uh, challenging, broad issues that are impacting not just Port Coquitlam, but, you know, probably every city and community across our country. So it's like, what can we do? And let's do it. And let's not talk about doing it. Let's actually do it. And so I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, when it comes to supporting, you know, local businesses, um, we've done, I think, uh, have really set ourselves uh, apart uh, and really distinguished ourselves by our approach. And it's really been like a cut through the red tape, keep it simple uh, and, and keep it practical approach to a whole number of things. So, you know, there's lots of discussion, right, about um, uh, using public space, and expanded patios for business. I'm smiling because of your comments that you were inviting those Vancouver businesses to come to Port Coquitlam when Vancouver was dealing with some issues around the expanded patio program. <laughs> I, I, hey, big part of my job is promoting our city. And so I, I invite <laughs> any business to come check us out because seriously, though, we've, we've taken the approach that uh, we want this to happen in like, not just in theory, and then this is one of the things that I often find in, in government is like we devise programs that allow for certain things to happen theoretically, but then make them so complicated, so onerous and so expensive that no one can actually execute on them. And so Bureaucracy. you right. So you say with a lot of fanfare, you say, oh, we can you can do this now in our city. And people are like, oh, that's great. And then it's always the fine print. Right. And I talk to businesses all the time about this. So you get this announcement, you hear it, sounds great. Go to try and access it, uh, whether it be a, a program or you know maybe support. And this was, I think, a big issue with uh, the, the supports that uh, other levels of government were announcing during the pandemic, because it sounded great. And then you know it was 
like it was hell for a business to be able to actually access it because it was so complicated and there was so much fine print. And so, you know, just as the patios, as an example, we made it one form. It's a one-stop shop. You don't have to talk to 500 different people at the city to get it done. You talk to one person, you fill out one form, there's no fee and off you go. And, you know, that's the approach. Getting rid of red tape, right? Well, that's the approach, you know, to me, it's just like common sense. Like, it's just like, you know, what, what is it that you think you're protecting people from by making, having a patio so onerous, you know, what is the, what is the fear? And I've talked about this. I think the number one killer of good ideas and creativity in our cities is liability the fear of liability, the fear of risk, and these doomsday scenarios that people conjure up that are very unlikely to happen, but are used as a reason to say no to things. We saw this again, you know, we were, uh, myself and uh, uh, my friend, uh, Linda Buchanan from the city of North Van, who you spoke to, we often argue about who was the first city to allow drinking in, uh, in, in public parks. I think we were within a week of each other. But, you know, that was something we did in Port Coquitlam, and we turned it around and did in two weeks. You know, we didn't have to study it for two years. It makes you and, wonder why some municipalities take so long to get to decision, right? I, I just think, you know, we are elected to make decisions. And, and also, I've said this too, like, if we make the wrong decision on something, I'm, I, I, it's not beneath me to say, you know what, we tried this, we got it wrong, we're going to adjust. There seems to be just this fear of making decisions. And so, you know, let's just rag the puck and, and do nothing or talk about things for years and years. I think it frustrates the hell out of people. And uh, I think they'd rather you just, you know, uh, make a decision. And, and if you need to adjust, then adjust. But, you know, for God's sakes, let's make a decision and get on with things. That's certainly what our members are telling us. Um, I think when you say onerous and you talk about some of the red tape, um, you know, we have 21 municipalities in our region and we have issues that face all of our municipalities, whether we're talking about housing or we're talking about sustainability. It is increasingly these are becoming regional issues. How can we foster more collaboration between municipalities to get out of the silos and think as a region? This has got to be one of the the biggest challenges that uh, we have. And at times we've shown the capacity to do it. Um, You know, for instance, on ride hailing, um, you know, the region was able to come together and come up with a... um, a regime that allowed for ride hailing. It uh, took some time, but it, it's true. It took, the region it took got some there. time, right? And it took too much time. And I'll just a little plug for our region, um, because the rest of the the our sub region, I should say, the Tri Cities, the rest of the region was kind of stumbling in the dark for a while, trying to figure it out. And we actually came together really quickly with Coquitlam and Port Moody and the other uh, the two villages, and said, "Okay, we'll do a Tri Cities one. Um, Tri Cities mobile business license done." Um, but eventually you're right. The, re- the region was able to, to do that. We should be able to do that on way more things. And, and I wish I could pinpoint why, um, we're not able to get there. You know, I get every, uh, city, you know, 
wants to hold on to what it believes is its uh, jurisdiction and authorities. But we got to start thinking more like our, our people, our residents think, because, you know, I think most people who live in Port Coquitlam go do business in Burnaby and Surrey and Vancouver, you know, maybe go access a recreation facility somewhere else, you know, because there's a real cool thing that they have in Delta. So they can, you know, go check that out for that. Like our, our people are not bound by these kind of artificial city boundaries that we have. Even our members are not, you know, and we see sure. that so much through the members of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade that they may operate a city outside of the city of Vancouver and they live in another municipality. Nobody thinks when they get to a certain boundary that they're going into a different municipality. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And so, you know, there's a lot of work that could be done to harmonize uh, various municipal regulations, particularly when it comes to business, um, you know. Uh, again, just on like the, the business licensing side of things, requiring, you know, multiple business licenses, you know, if, if you're, uh, you know, um, if you're a tradesperson, for instance, you know, uh, and, and that adds costs for consumers, it right. slows down businesses. And when we are trying to attract investment to our region, it, it is a, a barrier. And, and on the housing side too, right? Like, you know, we're not that different um you know the various cities in in our region but you know some of the different regulations when it comes to to housing you would think that you might be on a different planet between mm -hmm. this city and that city and so you know i would like to say that you know we can kind of uh organically come together and make this happen but you know uh, uh my honest assessment is i think this is probably where uh, a level of government like the province needs to force the issue rather than say, well, we really encourage you to kind of come together and figure it out because, I mean, province has been encouraging local government to do that for decades and, you know, hasn't quite worked. So, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of discussion right now about what is the province going to do vis-a-vis uh, -vis local government's powers and authorities with respect to the housing approving development. Um, I think one of the things they, they should be looking at is, is, you know, if not encouraging, forcing more harmonization um, uh, across the region when it comes to the, the various uh, requirements and regulations. Uh, because at least then, if you're on the business side of things, you know what you're dealing with. There's, there's not this rolling of the dice or, you know, uncertainty or, you know, uh, surprises because, you know, you're, you're doing business uh, in, a, in a different city, you know, you're, you've mm -hmm. crossed the street and you're doing business in a different city and everything all of a sudden is completely um, different from where you were. So uh, I think there's a lot that could be done there. Uh, I do think it's going to take um, a push rather than a, a wish. Well, we've got a municipal election coming up. And you have said you're going to run again. Um, can hear that you're passionate about uh, a number of issues. Um, what are you setting as your biggest priorities for the election? I am running again. I'm really looking forward to the election. I'm one of those weird people that do like election campaigns. Uh, you know, I hear from some <laughs> colleagues who are like, oh, no, the election's coming. Oh, it's going to be awful. I, I love it. I love, you know, 
get, I, I don't really do anything different in the election that I, than I do, you know, every single day as mayor. I love getting out and talking to people, hearing what they think, um, getting their feedback, you know, um, good and bad, uh, and, and reflecting upon that. So I'm really looking forward to the election campaign. I think for me, um, you know, it, it is in large part continuing uh, to see through the vision that I've set with council in the first term. And that really is around uh, first making Porcoquitlam the best place in the province to raise a family. That, that really has been uh, a huge priority of mine because we have so many young families coming to our community. It's a fast growing demographic. And so, you know, putting families at the forefront of, of our decision-making, and that means investments in, in, in playgrounds and in amenities and recreation services, you know, in all of those uh, boring things that the municipality is actually responsible for. Uh, so, you know, I, I've kind of, you know, uh, the way I've kind of um, summed that up is our focus has been on getting the basics right. And so that is delivering on our responsibilities as a municipality to our taxpayers. And so that has meant significant investment in, in, in roads in water, sewer, in garbage pickup, in recycling, in city cleanliness, in snow removal, uh, you know, all of, again, those things that put together are foundational to, you know, how the city operates, how people feel about the city. Uh, and so there's going to continue to be a big focus on that. I've also really made a point of trying to make Port Coquitlam the easiest place in the province uh, to start a business and to create a job. And, you know, that has been, you know, ongoing work over the, the last number of years. And we've really made some positive strides to uh, simplifying processes, um, getting rid of the maze of go talk to this department, then go talk mm -hmm. to that department and then go talk to that department. One stop. Um, and, and, you know, that's really paid dividends. We've seen significant um, employment uh, growth in, in POCO over the last couple of years. We've had some very large employers like Saputo uh, move to Port Coquitlam, invest hundreds of millions of dollars in state-of-the-art technology, mm -hmm. uh, bring really, uh, you know, well-paying jobs, family-supporting jobs with them. Uh, and, you know, the benefit of that just, it, it, there's so many spinoffs. Not only does it benefit the city in terms of, of revenue that gets generated, the the uh, the benefits to our local businesses as those employees go for lunch and do all sorts of other things. It also has meant that there's opportunity for people who live in our city to work in our city. You cut down on commute. You cut down on greenhouse gas emissions. Like I think that there's a lot there, uh, and you know that's something that I think cities can really start to have more of a, a focus on is, you know, how do we create um, the, those areas within our city that can uh, become home to, to employers, uh, that can generate employment, that can facilitate all sorts of type of business, mm -hmm. will be light industrial technology. Uh, and if you, you know, at the end of the day, if you're in the business of building a complete community, you can't have everyone leave the city to go to work. You so got my employment there. You are clearly passionate about Port Coquitlam, but given your comments about 
the region and about other levels of government, do you think that, and that you're still relatively very young uh, compared to me, <laughs> do you think you'd ever run provincially or federally? Is that door going to be open? Uh, I, I mean, I have been asked that once or twice, as you might imagine. Um, and, and I'm not going to give like the, you know, the typical uh, politician answer that that would not be in, in keeping with my approach. Yeah, you said, um, <laughs> you know, like, Honestly, right now, it, it's something that is, it's not on my radar. Um, I have a lot more that I want to accomplish as mayor of, of Port Coquitlam. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to see that through, you know, I've had different folks approach me at different times. And, you know, and I've said no, because I am committed to this work. This is my hometown. Um, I'm raising my family here. Uh, again, there's a lot more that's on my list to check off, um, you know. In the future, maybe it, it's something that I, I would I would think about. The hard part I think for me will be though is I I do like to think for myself. I'm pretty independent guy. Uh, I don't like to be pigeonholed into okay you're this or you're that. Um, you know because I don't know. I think like a lot of regular people, if I can use that term, you know, I hold views that probably span the spectrum um, of, of different you know, of the different political parties. And, you know, our politics at the provincial and federal level are very much, okay, you're in this box mm -hmm. and you're either good or bad, depending on my view. Um, and I just, the one thing I do find very liberating at the municipal level, um, at least in, in Port Coquitlam, um, there's no political parties. Uh, and, you know, certainly people have their own, you know, their own leanings, but, that stuff like comes last. It doesn't come first. And so it sounds like it's a, a maybe. And uh, so then maybe what I would do, Mayor West, is uh, I'll keep this conversation part open and come back to you in the ensuing months and, and years and see where you're at then. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you, Mayor West, for joining us. Fantastic. Thank you very much for having me. I'll look forward to continuing it.